Turn your attention with me this morning to the reading of God's Word from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. This is God's holy and inspired Word to us today. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are our teacher here this morning. You are through your Holy Spirit's ministry right here in our midst. Lord, we pray that you would guide our understanding and application of your truth. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and knowing your direction uh, through your word. Open our minds to it this morning, we pray afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. I have the privilege of visiting a number of PCA churches across the denomination and have the opportunity to to get to hear what they're doing in their missions ministry uh, as congregations, as individuals, and we have uh, a number of people who are going out as, as missionaries like Trace and Ginger and and uh, many others across the church that the Lord is, is raising up and sending uh, to places uh, far-flung across the globe. And your church has, uh, what a wonderful uh, heritage of sending and participating and uh, now sending your own, uh, Sam and Elizabeth Goodwin, through Mission to the World. We're thrilled uh, to partner with them and with you in their sending. This morning as we together uh, think through a missions conference message and, and theme, it really does give us an opportunity to consider a lot of what God's doing around the world. I want to take you various places today as we talk just a bit together. Uh, really, it's a, an emphasis on, on the work and passion of God in raising up His church, in drawing the people to Himself, in growing their faith, in discipling them, and then in sending them out as well, not only to uh, their own people, but crossing borders and to various cultural, uh, cross-cultural ministries. There are lots of things going on uh, in our present day. Of course, we watch the news. We've seen uh, the the, uh, tragedies that have happened in Haiti and Chile just over the last weeks. And thank you as well for your church's ministry to the people of Haiti over the years. I know they appreciate it, and I know that they will be encouraged by your continued ministry there. We don't understand what God's doing in those very hard and challenging things that, that happen. As the pages of history continue to unfold throughout our lives, as we look back over many years, uh, way beyond before our, our time of entry into this life, uh, we see that, that God's hand has been directing the course of history, often though in ways that, that we don't quite grasp. We don't understand what all of the implications might be, particularly when things are challenging, like our global economy today. That's a, a tough time. And uh, many are suffering around the globe, not just here in our country, but uh, in places uh, very far away as well. We might wonder about some things that that God's doing in moving people here and there. Uh, There is a trend that has continued for a number of decades now of people moving from rural areas into the cities. What's God up to with that? Or you might say, what's He doing with things like uh, bringing refugees from one part of the globe uh, here to the United States? What's his plan in that? Uh, we begin to, to get a few ideas on that as we interact with people like uh, Bosnian refugees and Afghanis and Somali Bantus and Burmese people. 
All of those groups and many more have recently settled in a little uh, suburb town of Atlanta called Clarkston, Clarkston, Georgia, just east of the city. And uh, it's a, a headquarters uh, place for World Relief and its ministry. And the church has a real opportunity to reach out and partner with these people who are newly arrived, don't speak English, are just beginning to learn their way into uh, American life. So what an opportunity that we begin to, to see. Well, well, God, maybe that's why you're bringing people here to our shores, thanks to the, uh, uh, the kindness of the American uh, people. Things we're especially encouraged by these days at MTW. Uh, we're looking forward to the Global Missions Conference coming up in November. It's going to be in Chattanooga this year. Some of you have been to previous uh, global conferences where many from across the PCA gather for some rich times of worship. By the way, I really enjoyed your worship this morning, both services. What, what a special privilege to uh, be a part and participate in the musical uh, aspect, uh, the prayers of your people. We're looking forward to having probably as many as 2,000 people gathered for worship together and uh, a time of uh, missions focus in Chattanooga in November. Please come and join us. And please join in particular in praying for the involvement of the PCA youth. We're expecting as many as 500 college students. We have some special scholarships for them to participate. If you're in college here today, won't you consider coming and hearing what God's doing and how you might be more richly and deeply involved in that process. Those are, those are encouraging and, and happy things going on, the, the latter part of what I was just mentioning. And while we think back to those hard things and wonder what God's up to, and we think about some of the trends around the globe, we ask how will God use these things, we really have some encouragement from the very end of Scripture that God's purposes really are rich and true. In Revelation we read, Worthy are you to take the scroll, and it's a a song written and sung to Jesus. Uh, Lion of of Judah, uh, Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, the Lamb, uh, the Lord Jesus Himself. Worthy are you uh, to open the scroll, uh, to take it, to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Isn't, Isn't that exhilarating to think that God's purpose is in all of these different aspects of life as it unfolds, as the pages of history turn. God's purposes are just that, to ransom people for God, not only from one nation, uh, from the chosen people of Israel in the Old Testament days, but even there, you read in the book of Psalms and throughout the Old Testament, God's heart was for the nations, even then. It was hard for people to see it then. Uh, We exalt uh, our Father for His grace and mercy to the nations. We're the beneficiaries of the word of grace and truth to us. In that passage in in Revelation, Jesus intervened, we're told, in that song that was sung to Him. The power of God was on display, and the result, a redeemed people for God's glory from every place, every corner of the globe. Your conference theme verse this, uh, this week has been from Zephaniah 3. The Lord your God is with you. How does the rest of it go? He is mighty to save. 
And that's, that's our idea here this morning, our focus idea. God is at work around the nations, around the globe. He's mighty to save and mighty to accomplish His purposes, as He will. The Apostle Paul in our text today also reminds us that God's power is very much at work in our generation. Verse 6 of our, our text, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We see a very interesting juxtaposition as we, we uh, go through our, our, our points here today. Creation power is still at work today. Isn't that amazing? God's still in the business of creating. This time, it's life through His grace by the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's the same power that was at work in the resurrection of Jesus, but here Paul is saying it's the same power that was at work in creation of the lights that light our day. We have a beautiful sunny day today. We see God's uh, creativity on display as we see the sunshine. We look out and see the blue skies and uh, marvel at uh, at the beauty of that. Paul is, is very specifically reminding us that God's great power in create, creating these things for us to enjoy and, and benefit from, indeed, a necessity for our planet. That same power is what uh, draws us to Christ. And it takes every bit of it to break through a lot of barriers in our lives. Think about it. Think about your own experience. If you're a believer here today, what was it like for God to break through in your heart? What did it take? What kind of measure of His grace did He have to pour out on you? Think about it. We have cultural barriers. As Americans, what what would be some of our cultural barriers? Well, we're very independent-minded. We can do it ourselves. Everything we we think we can can handle and and manage, that's part of our our mindset, and that's in some ways very good. It gives us a lot of drive and, and creativity. The downside of that spiritually might be, well, I can handle this too, God. I don't need any intervention. That's one cultural barrier. And there's hundreds of cultural barriers all over the world. They might look a little different or very different. From that, God breaks through cultural barriers. He also breaks through barriers of history and place and time and all of that to reach down to save His people, to save us. And aren't we grateful for His salvation in Christ? The power of that the same power that created the light in the sky was necessary to create faith by grace in our lives through Christ. Grace breaks through. We've experienced it if we're believers here today. I'd like to tell you some some great encouragement about how that same light is shining in other places around the world today. Uh, It really is shining in some places that were very dark, even until recently. A friend of mine who's an MTW missionary planting a church in Alberta, Canada, among the Cree Indian nation there, uh, tells of of the challenges of work there. Almost everybody in his congregation came from a gang membership background. They came out of a hip-hop type urban culture, even though it's a very rural type setting, these people that are they're on the Indian reservation there really look to the urban lifestyle with all of its complications and problems, drug abuse, alcoholism, every social 
problem, family breakdown issue you can think of, on top of native spirituality, an animistic view, worship basically of demons. So this very dark place spiritually has seen the light of Christ break through. And the testimonies are remarkable of how God has miraculously intervened and uh, brought people to Himself. A few years ago, I had the privilege of visiting for a series of Bible translation dedication services down on the Peru and Brazil border in a very, very remote part of those, of those countries. Uh, just not a lot of civilization as we would know it in those places, but some very dear people, now believers in Christ. They were celebrating the first printed Bible they'd ever had. The one that uh, was the work of, of a missionary couple that had dedicated many years to that endeavor. And as, as we uh, made our way up and down the, the river and distributed uh, Bibles out of the cases uh, straight from the printer, the people were, were very visibly moved at God's provision for them. Where for generations, generations, there was not a single believer among the Kashinawa people as they're called. Now, there are hundreds of believers who are there as a direct result of God's Word being made available to them. Isn't that worthy of celebration? God's dramatic power in intervening in these people's lives and rescuing them and calling them to Himself. Let's build on that creation idea as we move to our our second emphasis area this morning. God goes to great lengths to save His people. We've seen some flavors of that in in these uh, accounts I've mentioned already. Back back to verse 6, God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It reminds us of Jesus when He took His disciples, three of them anyway, Peter, James, and John, up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, it was almost like a little bit of heaven broke through uh, and revealed Jesus' true identity to these disciples. His face, uh, we read in Scripture, glowed with a a brilliant, uh, transcendent, brightness. His clothing was whiter than anything that that any uh, launderer or bleach uh, could do here uh, on earth. Up on that high mountain, Jesus was surrounded or or flanked by Moses and Elijah, representing, of course, the uh, the entire Old Testament, Moses, the law, and uh, Elijah, the prophets. And God further confirmed Jesus' identity and power to the inner, circles of, uh, inner circle rather, of the disciples, just like He does to us today by way of testimony of His grace as we hear it from people like Luda and just His faithfulness in, in their church in Ukraine. And we praise God for that. What a privilege to hear, hear uh, you speak today, Luda. I enjoyed the Sunday school class as well. It was really, uh, really amazing to see how God's using things like uh, English classes that Luda and others are involved with in drawing people to Himself. He uses all kinds of tools and methods. He goes to great lengths to break through to our hearts today. He opens hearts to their desperate need uh, and points them straight to Jesus. It takes the Holy Spirit's work for that to happen. He's done it for us in Christ, as we've said. We celebrate that here as we worship today. He's doing it around the world. Um, even, even in our generation, we're, we praise Him for it. I, I love the uh, incidents of how God uses modern technology too. 
Uh, you're going to be Skyping in with uh, a missionary tonight. That'll, that'll be a great thing. And what an encouragement to them, I'm sure, as they interact with you. I, I'd like to tell you about uh, one of my favorite technology stories, too. I hope this encourages your heart. There's a young man in uh, South India, an Indian national, who somehow connected with a PCA ruling elder from Texas. And uh, the ruling elder discipled this young man over the internet, uh, regular exchanges, back and forth, questions and answers and answers and questions, and all kinds of uh, interaction that resulted in this young man's being trained. And he's now serving as a pastor in South India. He's actually part of a church planting movement taking place in that region of India. It's amazing to, to see God's faithfulness, uh, even using modern technology as, as He does. And we're seeing uh, hundreds of churches, hundreds and, and even thousands of people come to faith in Christ. Whole people groups are turning to, uh, to faith in Christ in various regions of the world. God does break through. He shines that light and shines it very brightly at times. Our, our text this morning does help us to see, though, his, his primary means of doing that. I look down at verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Humble messengers, my third point this morning, humble messengers point people right back to the one who sent them. Humble messengers, as Paul was, was detailing, point... Uh, the message received and the beneficiaries of it right back to the sender. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. What treasure? Well, the text tells us it's the light, the light of Jesus Christ. It's the knowledge of salvation in Him. It's knowing Him, not only now, but for all eternity. But what's the jars of clay thing? Uh, clay pots, humble everyday containers, nothing special. Inside is the treasure, and God gets the glory. We, the believers, have the privilege of, of pointing others to that treasure, don't we? Oh, what, a, what a special privilege that is indeed. Has that treasure become mundane for us? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it, oh, we take it for granted. And it doesn't even seem so treasure-like at times. When we get distracted by uh, circumstances in life, maybe specific challenges that we're facing or encountering, Sometimes that treasure may have lost some of its glow. This morning, be reminded that, that it really is nothing less than salvation from an eternal torment apart from God in a very real place called hell. We're saved from that to a fullness of life in relationship with none other than the King of Kings. How privileged we are to take every opportunity to point others to the true treasure, the Lord Jesus. Perhaps the Lord's calling you to take that life-giving treasure, that life-giving message, cross-culturally. As we, as we said, you're sending from your own congregation, uh, Sam and Elizabeth and their girls. Perhaps the Lord's calling you to consider maybe a, even a short-term trip of one or two weeks. Maybe going as a college student, uh, as an intern for a summer or a year maybe as a mid-career worker to use your, your life experience and uh, your, uh, your uh, professional skill to serve the church, perhaps in the developing world. Maybe as a retiree, you can go and, and join and be a surrogate grandparent to the missionaries on the field and 
uh, their, their kids rather, and uh, also reach out to the community that they're serving and modeling what it, it means to be a Christian family in our generation. Uh, all of these things would be wonderful if you, uh, if you sense God's calling uh, to you to consider being involved in those ways. Many other aspects of, of going as a cross-cultural missionary. Uh, a recently returned missionary friend uh, who's now serving as a pastor of a PCA church here in the, the U.S. He said, I believe the Lord led me and my family here back to the U.S. Maybe it's for a season. I have a feeling it is. Uh, this, uh, this gentleman is very passionate about cross-cultural ministry. He's here for now. He said, but he went on to say, how striking it is. How many opportunities we have here compared to the, the place where he was serving. It really is true. We're blessed in so many ways. Not, not all are called to, to go cross-culturally, but some are. And maybe you're one of those. Maybe the Lord's uh, raising you as a son or a daughter of this congregation. You've been blessed to, to grow up and uh, be ministered to here. Maybe it's time to uh, spread your wings a bit and, and go cross-culturally in ministry. Certainly not all are called in that category, but it's our privilege to participate nonetheless. We do that as we live and share the message here to, uh, uh, to a needy world right here. Uh, we certainly, we pray, we send by giving. Your church's faith mission giving is a wonderful opportunity for each person here to be involved. I mentioned I, I visit churches all over. Uh, one idea I heard that I, I'll challenge you with today uh, one pastor said, we, we were uh, excited that, that everybody in our congregation have an opportunity to participate in our, our faith missions giving program. But we realized that not everybody had been, and we wanted to, to encourage that along. And he said, we, we just said specifically, if you've never given before, won't you trust God for just a, a beginning amount? And see, how, see what happens over the year. See how He warms your heart. To, uh, to giving, and maybe, maybe even seeing that increased, or seeing yourself go and, and serve uh, cross-culturally, on, uh, cross-culturally on a one- or two-week trip. He said, I, I want to challenge you specifically to put down an amount of $10 a month, $120 a year. And most of us, even the young people in the congregation, can, can do that, uh, that level of support. And he said it was so very encouraging to, to their church to see... I think it was 50 or 60 new pledges of $120 a year. How encouraging would it be to, to this congregation to see if, if you've never given before, why don't you target that particular amount? And let that be a signal to, uh, to the officers and to the, the church family here that you're willing to step out in faith at that level. $120, in some ways it's big, in some ways it's not. So it's a, it might be a good entry point for you. I'll, I'll encourage you by, by a fellow PCA church's experience to consider that, if you would, please. Paul reminds us in this, this passage that it's really humble messengers that go. Uh, they point people right back to the one who sent them, and the sender, God himself, uses his church to provide for the needs of his messengers. I, I have a very specific prayer for you this morning. I pray for St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church that the person and power of God at work in this world today will deepen your passion individually and as a church family. 
your passion to be involved as He calls you to be. Going, certainly praying, perhaps sending through giving in a, in a beginning way today. Maybe today's your day uh, to take that step of faith. Others have a long history of giving here. And the Lord honors that in great ways. So please continue that generously. Stretch yourself for the kingdom here today. Let's pray together.